When it comes to leadership, there is no need to reinvent the wheel. Character is what eventually makes or breaks leaders. Yet, it's the most ignored and overlooked aspect of leadership development today. We have the perfect leadership role model, and that's Jesus. We simply need to follow his lead, allowing him to work in and through us. Welcome to Lead Like Jesus podcast. Leadership starts on the inside. That is Rich Cummins. I am Freddie Scott, and this is the Lead Like Jesus podcast, where leadership starts on the inside. This is your podcast, Kingdom Leaders, and we're so excited that you've joined us again today. In today's episode, we're talking about boundaries in the workplace, working too much overtime, and misplaced priorities. We'll also share a prayer to help you establish and maintain your boundaries. I am so excited about today's show, uh, Rich. I know we connected really by this guest. A lot of the things that we even teach and the things that have happened in our lives professionally has happened because of the tremendous work that our special guest is going to be sharing with us here today. And so, Rich, why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, our kingdom leaders to who we've got on the show today? Yeah, we are just so thrilled, so excited that Dr. John Townsend would join us today. So Dr. Townsend is a nationally known leadership consultant and author and a psychologist. He's written over 30 books, selling 10 million copies, including the New York Times best-selling Boundary series. John founded and operates the Townsend Institute for Leadership and Counseling and the Townsend Leadership Program. Dr. Townsend travels extensively for corporate counseling, speaking events, and to help develop leaders, their teams, and their families. John also has a weekly video call-in program called Dr. Townsend Live. Dr. Townsend and his family live in Southern California and Texas, and one of his passions is playing in his son's band, The Bandits, at local venues and parties. And let me tell you, I have seen Dr. Townsend. He plays a mean guitar. I won't tell you the songs. He can tell you himself, but he likes to jam. <laughs> well, I'm so excited, Dr. Townsend. Thank you so much. I know we, uh, we, we go back, but to be it's an honor to be a part and a graduate from your program, your leadership program. And I remember uh, quickly, we were, we met at an Athletes in Action Leadership Session yes. um, in Indiana. I, I don't know if you remember if it goes back in, uh, the session ended and we ended up on the same flight to Nashville. We were able to sit next to each other with my wife and I and, and you, and we were able to give you a ride from the airport to your venue. And just, you just had a heart that was just open, just to pour into me at that time. We're trying to navigate what space I should go in. And um, you just open up your heart. And I just really appreciate your work and welcome to the show. Thanks, Freddie. And thanks, Rich. I'm so jazzed to be here. I love you guys' mission. I love the culture you have. I love what you're doing. So happy to, happy to be here. So I am so excited about today's topic. And I believe it's very relevant for all of the kingdom leaders that are listening today. And especially when you're talking about boundaries and boundaries at work and making sure that I'm not taking on more responsibilities that I'm supposed to. Dr. Townsend, what, are, what would you say are some of the most important aspects to why establishing boundaries is so vitally important today? Well, Freddie, one of the number one reasons is because in the workplace, especially if somebody's in a leadership function, they can be an entrepreneur doing their own thing, or they can be in middle management, or they can be, an, uh, you know, in the in the in the CEO C-suite level, is this is just a fact of life, is that the flame attracts the moths. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. The flame attracts them off. Leaders are people, and I'm not trying to give anybody a big head about this, it's just reality. They have the giftings, they have the credibility, they have the gravitas. So people want their wisdom. People want their support. People want to like uh, get their help. And so there's always, if you're a leader, there's always more people with more problems and more opportunities than you have time for. It's not a bad thing, but it's one of the, ba the basic causes of brownie problems in leadership, which can lead to really bad stuff. You know, there's things like, you know, we hear about office burnout. We hear about people just kind of getting discouraged with their mission and thinking, I'm, I'm going to tank it. I'm going to do something else. And a lot of us, because the needs are there and they don't have the internal abilities and capacities, which we're going to talk about how to get those. They don't have that. So it's hard for them to say no to it because the mission's bigger than they are and the needs are bigger than they are. So it's a huge problem, especially with talented people. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Townsend, you were just talking about burnout a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper with that. When a person's working too much overtime and they're dealing with too many people problems, that can really be dangerous. You can be in a danger zone. So why is it so dangerous and how can we navigate impact on us? How can it uh, impact us personally and professionally? And what's the antidote to that? Okay. Um, great question, Rich. Um, one of the things I study, guys, as y'all know, y'all have been through the Institute, is, is I, studied, I spent a lot of time studying neuroscience, which is the science of the mind. And the reason for that is because every robust study that comes out from neuroscience about leadership, about resilience, about work, about success, about relationships and love and family, every well-done study basically affirms that the Bible's true. It basically affirms that God had it right for thousands of years, and you can always find biblical principles that were there for many, many years with things like guard your heart from, you know, because that's from where the, the wellsprings of life, Proverbs chapter four, and our heart is deep waters, Proverbs 20, and, you know, tell, speak the truth and love to each other. And one of the things you find out about this, because since neuroscience kind of like mirrors the, the reality of the Bible, in those studies, you come up with basically a kind of equation or a kind of a fraction I like a lot. And here's the fraction that, that I think is, it spells out the burnout problem, guys, and it also solves the burnout problem. So you kind of get a twofer here. I want you to imagine a fraction. You know, a fraction's got the denominator and the numerator and that line in the middle. I never know what that line in the middle is. My math friends tell me it's some name, but it's a line for me. <laughs> and, uh, and, and in your head, or if you're taking notes in the podcast, um, put down at the, at, the, um, at the top of this your responsibilities. And responsibilities, I mean, the, the burdens of life. And what kind of responsibilities do we have? They're not bad, but what, what are you guys, what does every leader got three or four or five basic responsibilities? Just shout them out, guys. Culture of the organization, making sure, uh, making sure that you're, you're leading well, making sure that you're maintaining the, the mission of the organization, safeguarding it. Right. Staff development. Yep. Uh, finances. Finances. Mm -hmm. Making sure that everybody's self-help is good so everybody can fight another day, you know, mm -hmm. all that. You've got to have all these responsibilities because leaders have responsibilities. Now, that's in the numerator, whatever that number is. The denominator, the bottom under that magical line, is what are your resources to pull those things off? What does everybody in the workplace need to execute and follow through and successfully do all of those things at the top? Just shout out a few things we need. HR support. Uh, HR support. Partnering programs and resources that can handle yep. a very yep. variety of uh, issues. All that. And, and then time. 
I need time. time and I need people. I need, you know, I need people with talents to do those things. I need a certain amount of finances to make finances work. So there's your fraction right there. Now, mm -hmm. in the ideal world, guys, that fraction, if you had a totally balanced life and, you know, you were just rocking along and whatever, you know, if you're in a for-profit or a non-profit or whatever you are, what should that number be? to be a, a totally balanced person with no fear of burnout. It should be equal. It yeah. should be a one. One. So if it's 25 over 25, that's one. If it's 10 one. over 10, it should be a one where my resources match and take care of all the responsibilities I have. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, well, there's three of us, so how many of us um, have a number in our heads as you're thinking through this fraction, is your number less than one. Unfortunately, sometimes it is. Sometimes uh, sometimes the demands are higher than the resources. Oh, oh you just flipped it. Oh, I flipped it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I knew I was going to mess up with math. Man, I've tried so hard to avoid that. Yeah. I, I can tell Cummins, I know what you're good at and I, I'm asking you the wrong question. <laughs> so yeah, just the, the number at the bottom is the resources, number at the top. So we're all, all three of us are less than one. Right. Right. No, wait a minute. I got that wrong. I think Cummins got it right. Hey, oh, uh oh, you did. Okay. None of us, let me, let me say this right. And I'm making everybody, confused. it's really simple guys. I'll make it very simple. If your big number at the top is bigger than your number at the bottom, you're headed towards burnout. If it's a yeah. lot bigger, if your number at the bottom is bigger than the number at the top, you're nobody's like that. Nobody's living on an Island right now, you know, reading magazines. So that's the person who just has all this money, all this time. I don't know one leader who tells me that. You know, John, I've got so many, so many hours in my life. I got so much money. I got nothing to do. And I, nobody tells me that. They also, gosh, it's all this stuff. We're all over one, but we want to get back to one. Nobody will ever be right at one, but there's only two ways to get to one. Now, put on your math hat. I got this mm -hmm. equation and this number at the top is huge. All these responsibilities and demands and burdens are huge. And this number at the bottom is not so big. So I've got a number much greater than one, maybe it's 25. So how do I make that fraction closer to one? There's only two ways to do it. Well, the bottom number has to increase. Your resources have increase to increase. Increase the bottom number, increase my resources. That's one of the two ways. Or Ready? decrease or decrease the responsibilities. There you go. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to make something very complex, very simple, put the cookies in the right shelf for our conversation. But that's really the answer. It's God's answer. It's neuroscience's answer. Is either I've got to increase the help I'm getting, finding time, finding money, finding people, finding resource, or I've got to prune. We know what the Bible talks about pruning. The pruning is a good thing. I've got to prune down my responsibilities. And every time I'm working with a corporation or a church or a family, the first thing we go to when that I smell burnout coming is let's take your fraction. And then we start, we start finding out what can I add and what have to subtract. You can't deny the math. It's just the way it is. And so it's a problem and that's the, also the solution. But Dr. Townsend, you, you said some, that's really interesting about how do you help someone? Cause I know there are people watching this right now that have these responsibilities and they feel the burden, right? One, you care, uh, you may be passionate about what you're doing, um, but you feel this responsibility and an obligation 
to see certain things through. So how do I know what I can cut away and, and, and say, okay, let someone else handle that as opposed to what are truly the things that are within my space that I should maintain responsibility over? Yeah, what's essential, what's non-essential. And, and the big problem for leaders, Freddie, is that we're cutting away live stuff. It's not like a, if you go to your garden, there's dead branches, that's no big deal. I mean, you don't prune, but I mean, it'd be, a, it'd be not a great conversation to tell a leader, well, um, you know, don't, don't rob banks. Well, that's not a good thing anyway. I mean, you don't prune that back. You're pruning away the good for the great. And that's where it gets painful because you do, I could do this and I could help this person with IT. I could help the mentor this person. I could be the culture person. I could help with finance. I could help with marketing. And every leader's got to come to the, what's the good versus the great. Great, mean, great mm -hmm. meaning, like you said, the things that in my space I add the most value to. And that requires a conversation. It requires journaling and it requires prayer. Conversation is talking to other people who are smart who say, you're, you're wearing out working on IT and marketing. You got to cut one. That's conversation with trusted people. And then journaling is when you go, what are my priorities? I make, I make T-charts from myself and my clients all the time about priorities. And the third one is, God, what can I do? You know, we go, when we go to, the, uh, to Exodus, Moses was headed toward burnout. We all know this story. I mean, he was judging the people. And the father mm -hmm. came to him and says, what you're doing is not good. And, Mo and Moses tries to spiritualize it and says, I have, God gave me all these people. And he says, this is going to wear you out. He says, delegate people who can take the smaller issues and you do the, the, the bigger issues. And that passage changed my life when I read it because I realized I've got to cut out the things that I might be good at for the things that I need to add the top value, the top value to my organization for in regard to prayer, a conversation in journal. Let's go back to that then as you're, as you're, you know, I love the, the, the scriptural reference and I love that uh, Moses's father-in-law loved him enough to say, Hey, you really need to do the higher order, higher level things. But I'm sure there could have been a time when Moses was tempted to get back down into the weeds a little bit or go and, and maybe judge this case or that case. Let's talk about boundaries again. And I love it when you talk about Galatians uh, six, two, I think, and the difference between, you know, bearing somebody's burden and carrying your own load. I just, I love that. Share that with our audience, would you? Sure. That Henry Cloud and I write about that in a lot of our boundaries books. Um, is that principle? It kind of like it sort of was a game changer when we saw what the Greek says there. Um, Paul says that we're supposed to share each other's, you know, loads. Or no, I'm sorry. It says he says each person should carry his load and share each other's burdens. Burden. And, and you, you think, oh, they're the same thing. And when you go in the Greek, it, the, it pops your eyes open because the word for loads, like carry your own load, means your, your, your knapsack, the, the figure to be a knapsack. Like, what do you need in your daily, daily ration? Well, you need your, you know, your water bottle and you need your protein snacks and you need your daily calendar, whatever, your, your phone. That's the things we carry all our day. But it doesn't say that about sharing. It says share one another's burdens. And the word in burden is not, it's not the knapsack. The metaphor in the Greek in that word is a boulder. It's mm -hmm. a back-breaking boulder, which can break somebody's whole life. And that's where we're supposed to share it. And here's, here's how God did it with his own sense of balance is, I'm responsible for my, my, my knapsack. And you, know, you guys are responsible for yours. But when one of you has a crisis, I have a crisis, we're supposed to say, you know, if a financial crisis, health crisis, life crisis, a kid in trouble or whatever, 
We're supposed to band around each other and share that because that's the boulder. The crisis is the boulder. Nobody's supposed to pick up our knapsack, but here's where the boundary problem comes in. Leaders, and I just, it's just called leaders, it's kind of the double-edged sword of we want to help, but at the same time, we don't know when to stop helping. We, we move from what I call uh, support to enabling, and we don't know where the line is. I have a five-point talk on the difference between support and enabling because we do it unconsciously. We begin to pick up other people's knapsacks. Somebody comes mm -hmm. along and says, I'm unhappy, and you're a leader. It's your job to make me happy. Well, let me ask you a question, guys. How many of you have tried to take an unhappy person and make them happy? Hey, I have. Doesn't work. Has it ever worked? <laughs> Never. People's happiness is their own responsibility and people's sadness, but we kind of want to cheer them up and give them new thoughts and give them 18 ideas, and all of a sudden, we're taking knapsacks on. Hmm. And so then that knapsack, you know, becomes this, this is where the burnout happens is I'm taking things I should never take home because I don't know the difference between a boulder and a knapsack. When you understand the, the difference, it's like, then you can delegate, then you challenge people, you can help them, but you don't rescue them and take on their knapsack. It, it makes all the difference in the world. What I hear glaringly right now is my happiness is my responsibility. And it is, I, when you just look across the board, that understanding, I, I understand wanting to be empathetic and want to attune and want to support and show love, but I think we've gone so far, we've gotten that so far out of balance that we truly have gotten into a, a norm of assuming so many other people's happiness and think it's my responsibility to make you happy when that is not God's design at all. In fact, happiness is unfortunately, a lot of people, it's, it's actually overrated in our culture. Mm. Um, happiness is not a goal. And if, if you've got somebody, their goal is to be happy, that's the tail wagging the, the dog. Happiness, if you're looking, for, for example, the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in the spirit because they will be filled up and blessed is the hunger for righteousness. God's, the word blessed could be the word happy. He says, if you do these things, you'll be happy. If you follow God, if you have the right path, if you have the right people in your life, if you have the right values, you'll be happy. The goal is to be healthy spiritually, to be holy spiritually, to be in the right path. And then God throws you the happiness as a cherry on top. So never make happiness the goal. And if somebody wants you to make them happy, unless they're two years old, mm. probably don't have our two-year-old kids get happy. Uh, you got to switch around and say, well, maybe the reason you're not happy is because your life is upside down. Let me help you do priorities. Let me help you do decisions. Then we can help them lead them. So, so uh, we've talked a little bit about boundaries. We've talked about priorities. We've talked about burnout. What are you seeing now in a virtual world in this COVID time that we're in? How is that impacting those three areas? Well, it's a double-edged sword there, Rich, too. Um, basically, it's a, it's a net positive. Overall, it's a net positive. And I think when all this you know, plays out, we will be more virtual than we were before. Um, most of the smart guys are saying, we'll never go to all virtual, but we'll never go back to all face-to-face. -face. You know, it, it basically accelerated the rate at which we use virtual, but we'll always have both. And what people have to do is to, is to use the tools for what they're best at. You, you will never, ever, it'll never be as good as face-to-face. -face. God just meant us for a thing called attachment. You guys were trained in attachment. Face-to-face -face attachment is a way to go. But with the tech, the virtual 
abilities to hear, think, see each other, read somebody's facial micro muscles in their face. You can see things all over the place. You can have a great, a great connection. So I'm a big fan of it. I know that when people don't use it or don't know how to use it, then, you know, we've seen depression rates go up. We've seen anxiety rates go up. We've seen leaders burn out. But when they use it the right way, it's, I think it's a net positive. This has been so helpful. Um, some of the immediate takeaways is on this happiness piece. I've been just personally uh, trying to work with a lot of leaders in this space. And it seems like, especially in this culture of, wanting to keep people happy, trying to keep people racially happy, uh, culturally happy, organizationally happy, um, it's exhausting. And this conversation I think is not only meaningful, but it's essential for us to be able to understand how vitally important it is for us to keep each other in, in proper boundaries, but also understanding that God loves us enough that he gave us a model that we can see in his word that not only keep us healthy, but allows us to be able to do what God's called us to do efficiently and allow him ultimately be glorified. Uh, Dr. Townsend, what would you say would be an immediate, if someone's struggling with letting go of responsibilities or there's with that first step of what I need to do, what would you say to that kingdom leader today as something that they could do today just to get started? Here's a really high-tech tool I use for me. Now, we're just un unveiling this, guys, so nobody's ever seen this before. Ready? <laughs> wow! That's innovation! It's like magic, guys. And, and watch this. I'm using this, I don't know what you call it, maybe a stylus thing people are using these days. <laughs> and you know what? Look what I just did. I made the famous T-chart. Go back to the T-chart. It will save your life. And what you put on those two columns is what I just did in the fraction. What are my responsibilities? What are my resources? Talk, talk about them, pray over them, get people that tell you the truth and who will love you and want you to have a, be a marathoner and not have, not have a breakdown in a year and say, what can I cut away? And, and I always tell people to remember this. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, guard your heart for from it flow the wellsprings of life. If you're not guarding your heart, your energy, leaders need energy. They need to be creative. They need to be engaged. If you're not guarding those parts of your heart, then thus goes the organization. So remember, you're not being selfish, guys, to say, I got to prune this, I got to prune this, I got to prune this. That's not selfish. Actually, it's stewardship. It's stewardship of the life and the time and the talents that God gave you. You want to be a good steward. And the one that takes care of themselves and disappoints some people. Leaders have to disappoint people. But guys, if nobody is ever disappointed in you, you're not doing your job. You know, Fred, you, you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, I, I really see how the happiness thing can be a problem. Here's what I tell people is just because somebody's screaming bloody, bloody mercy at you right now, that doesn't mean something bad's happening. It mm -hmm. might mean something good. Somebody who needs to be disappointed in a loving way, but I can't do it now. That doesn't work for me. I don't have the time. It's not going to work. If you're not disappointing people in the right things, you're not doing your job. So don't be, don't be mean about it, but disappoint because you've got a mission that other people, the moths want a piece of you. That's not their fault, but you've got to go through that mission. And how many people did Jesus disappoint? So start with a T chart. It'll always help. That's phenomenal. Thank you for all that, Dr. Townsend. Um, and, and when you talk about the heart too, you're singing our song. 
You know, we say leadership starts on the inside. It starts with a heart deeply connected to the Father, to be obedient to the Father, to do the things that Jesus did. And so I'm so glad that you, uh, you've talked about that today. And, you know, we're going to want to talk more about competence and character. And I know the third C, the community aspect. And we're going to talk about a little bit of that next time around. So for those of you listening now, you don't want to miss the next episode when Dr. Townsend is going to discuss people fuel, the relational needs we need to cultivate good relationships. So that's, uh, that's pretty much this, uh, this podcast. And we're looking forward to the next one, right, Freddie? I can't wait. For those of you that are watching, just remember today, Dr. Townsend gave us permission to steward our assignments. And we can't do that if we're taking on more than what we're supposed to. And so with that, we always want to close with prayer. Rich, would you mind praying for our kingdom leaders today? Be glad to. Heavenly Father, God of glory, we are just so thankful. We're so thankful that you you love us enough to help us understand where, where our responsibilities end and the next person's responsibilities begin. Help us to always, always, always maintain good boundaries because they're healthy. They're good for us. And uh, we just want to continue to be better leaders and develop so that we can impact so many more people in their lives. Help us to put those good hedges in place around us so that we can lead effectively and we can honor the responsibility of the other as well. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, that's all we have for today. We can't wait until we see you next time. And don't forget, leadership starts on the inside. See you next time.